Hello and welcome to the latest sports with A Squared. I'm your host, Alex Ortiz. I'm joined alongside Alex Castle. So basically this show is about just us rambling about a couple of sports for a few minutes. So Alex, how's your day going today? Having a great day, Alex. It's not the greatest weather outside, but it's Monday. It's a good start to the week, so can't complain with that. Yeah, with the new week ahead of us, we also see more games, especially in the baseball season as opening day just kicked off just about a week and a half ago. So, I mean, with the new start to the season comes players who are hot, players who fall in slumps and get injured. So let's just talk about some of the guys on our list who we thought have been pretty hot this week. What about it? Let's get into it. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So number one on our list was um, White Sox catcher, your mean Mercedes. He started off the season to an eight for eight start, eight hits and eight straight at bats. Quite crazy. If you ask me, Byron Buxton has been off to a tear um, slashing five home runs and he currently holds a 481 batting average. And just last night we saw JD Martinez. He went deep three times, hit three home runs. And now he's at a four. Killed me, killed me to watch that. Killed me to watch that as a Yankee fan. Oh, of course. Yeah. So he's batting also 472, but one player who's been, you know, the eye of the MLB has been Ronald Acuna Jr. Off to a tremendous start again, as always four home runs batting 444 also has two stolen bases on the season. So Alex, what do you think about these early contributions from these players? Do you think that we'll be able to see more of the same within the next few months? So far, uh, so far things look good. I mean, what I'll say about JD Martinez is I think he's a huge spark for the Sox team. There are a lot of question marks, obviously, with this team going into the season with how competitive the Yankees are with the moves that the Blue Jays made. But he's been really holding it down for them. I think he's going to be their big player going into the to the deep parts of the season. So I've been very, you know, if I were a Sox fan, I'd be very happy with that. Um, in terms of Acuna Jr., I mean, I haven't seen anyone who's really stepped up for the Braves like this in a very long time. And I think he's the spark that they've needed. You know, he, he's someone that they could ultimately rally around. And especially with how tough the NL is, man. I mean, you need any advantage you can get. I'm sure, you know, as a Mets fan, you know, any, any dinger that you can get and any guy that's, that's loading up the bases, it, it helps in so many tremendous ways and also his contributions in, in, on the defensive side as well. So it's, it's been, it's been really fun to watch. I haven't seen this much excitement from young players across the league like this in a while. And then of course, Buxton, I mean, you know, what can you say about him? You know, he's, he's, he's just another one of those great guys that's putting up those solid numbers and and he gives a real spark. I agree. Um, Look, Buxton and Martinez, they're around the prime of their careers. Buxton really showing that breakout um, that we finally see after he was um, struggling in his first few years in the majors, but it's great to see him turning things around. But unfortunately, some things were not turned around as the Mets and Nationals opening day series was canceled due to just about six to seven players testing positive or being in contact tracing with COVID-19, forcing that whole series to be canceled. So what do you think that effect has just on any team just to begin a season? I think it definitely puts a damper into the spirits of the team. I mean, as we've seen with COVID, it's affected every sport in every different way imaginable, whether it's, you know, players and coaches stepping down, scheduling changes, uh, locations changes. So 
I definitely think it puts a damper down on both the coaching staff and the players, especially looking at both teams. I mean, the moves that the Mets have made this offseason with the new ownership, you know, I'm sure as a fan, you can attest that they were looking nothing more than to just kicking off the season on a great note. And then when that happens, it's very frustrating. And I'm, and I'm sure it's the same thing for Washington, a very, a very good team going into the season. You know, the Mets are, I consider uh, the Mets to be one of their rival rival teams, you know, Mets nationals is always a great series. So it, it definitely hurts. And it definitely, it definitely hurts the fans too. But, you know, I think what makes a great team, a great team is when they can overcome something like this and keep pushing forward through with the season. I agree. And definitely both the Mets and the nationals are two teams that are going to be very competitive this year in a very tough NL East division where the Marlins were a playoff team last year. Atlanta Braves are scary good this year with the combination of Acuna, Albies, and Freeman. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's just really hard to play out. But in better news for the Nationals, they're actually getting back three of their players today, three veterans on uh, first baseman Josh Bell, outfielder Kyle Schwarber, and Josh Harrison is returning. And then Jonathan Lucroy was also designated for assignment in that move. But John Lester is the only one player who remains on that COVID list for the Washington Nationals. And, and you know, Lester being with this Nationals team, it's kind of crazy to think about. I mean, he, he's had quite the journey as a pitcher. He's been all over the place. And to see him now end up in this spot with the type of bullpen that they have and the type of supporting cast, I think as soon as Lester is ready to go, you're, you're going to see a very, very tough defense from this Nationals team. Definitely going to give uh, give your Mets a little bit of a hard time, but w- w- with you guys having, you know, guys like Pete Alonzo at the plate, and uh, it- it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting when he comes back into the mix. The lefties might be a rotation. They might be a struggle there, but um, I'm willing to um, work around it and see what will happen this season. But in other terms, um, the vaccine has been something that, now a lot more people are eligible for and now we're starting to see some of our players missing games just for about like you know a day or two just to get the vaccine so what are your thoughts on players being able to finally get vaccinated I think it's great I think it's going to really take a huge step forward into normalizing sports to what it was pre-COVID I think fans are going to feel more comfortable entering the stadiums, knowing that the people that are competing are vaccinated. I think it's also great for the players too, because they're putting their lives out there. You know, they're taking the time away from their families to travel with the teams and getting exposed to all these different ballparks. So I'm really happy. And I really think it's, we're, we're going to start to see more and more stadiums open up and more and more fans will, will enter, but at the appropriate time, of course. Oh, of course. You know, it's really never easy, especially for something that really no one's ever dealt with before to really overcome and to adapt to certain changes. But I'm glad that to see we're making strides. And speaking of making strides, the Arizona Diamondbacks announced today that they're signing Josh Reddick to a minor league pact. The 12-year MLB veteran formerly played for the Boston Red Sox, Oakland Athletics, partially with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and most notably with the Houston Astros, where he was also a 2017 World Series champion, and he won a Gold Glove Award with the Oakland Athletics in 2012. So, I mean, even though Reddick only signed a minor league deal, do you think that Josh Reddick will be impacting, making an impact with the Arizona Diamondbacks in the near future? 
I do, Alex, and it's not going to be in the most obvious way. I think he's going to make an impact in terms of bringing a veteran presence to the team. I think he's going to be the guy in the clubhouse that's giving the younger guys advice, kind of bringing up their spirits when things don't go their way. I'm not really sure how much he'll be able to contribute on both sides of the ball. He could bring a little bit uh, with the offensive side with the bat. Not really sure how much he would have defensively. It really, it really, uh, we'll really have to wait and see. It's just very interesting that he even took the deal. I mean, like you said, you know, you named all the teams that he's played for. He's had quite the journey throughout his MLB career. And it's also interesting to see him coming back now during COVID times. I mean, it's not like he's taking a small contract from an MLB team. He's taking the risk of, of playing for the minors where he might not even get called up. So it's going to be very interesting to see what role he ends up playing in, but to answer your question, I do think he will have an impact for the Diamondbacks, yes. The one thing is he's going to be at the ultimate site. He's going to be facing major league level pitching and minor league pitching just about until the start of May probably where they'll see if Reddick is ready by the time to come up and take an outfield spot because honestly that team is very young and a lot of those players could still use some of that time in the minors. For example, Josh Rojas, who's a utility infielder, outfielder, He's been cold with the bat. That's one thing, you know, signing Reddick can really help increase those, um, those younger players, just their abilities to get better in the near future. Absolutely. And, and I think that's, that's always a big piece with, with, these, uh, with these veteran guys is being able to expose these younger guys to different things. And, you know, like you said, with Rojas, he's a great utility player. Reddick might be able to come in and expose something to him that he would have never even picked up from you in a coach. So it's, it's, it's these wise, it's these wise old guys, you know, we all make fun of the old guys, but it's the old guys that really come in and, and they, and they shot and they shock us all. The thing is those old guys, they have so much experience and they have such an impact on these players. But Absolutely. Speaking, speaking of impact, there's actually six former major league players who are going to be managing in the MLB draft league this summer, the first time that this league is being held, it is a league where high school and college players who are entering the 2021 major league draft will be able to compete in about like a, uh, I think they said a 68 game season. So honestly, there's some really key names that were um, listed as managers. So I just want to point out one name because he didn't really formally announce his retirement, but well, Jed Giroko will be managing the West Virginia Black Bears in MLB Draft League. He is a former eight-year MLB vet for San Diego, St. Louis, Los Angeles Dodgers, and Milwaukee, where he played last season during the pandemic, hitting nine homers, 17 RBIs, adding 248. So what do you think it is like for um, these guys to be able to have former players to be able to manage them to get them to the next level in the draft? I think the fact that they're even part of this league to begin with is something unique. I think that they're going to be able to go into this portal, if you will, of a bunch of guys in their same position. And I think then to be manager managed by a guy who just came out of the league or has that experience in the league right before they even get drafted by a team is just an incredible experience. And it's really going to be a journey for these young players. You know, they're going to be, they're going to be thrown into a ringer almost with the amount of competition that they're going to be playing in 68 games. That's not a short season. That's a, that's a lot of baseball you're talking about. So I think that these guys are going to be very lucky 
And not only that, but the fact that he played during the pandemic, I think that also adds another element to it too, because these guys could be having a lot of reservations about what the future of their career will be like. And having a guy who just experienced that as your manager can, can reassure these guys. And, and I think it really puts them in a good position. And one thing that's exciting, Giroko actually spoke about this. They actually talked to him and he said he's very excited to be able to work with a young group of guys, being able to develop the young leaders and the future of this game. Like it's sort of impressive. And also, you know, a funny name and a veteran that you probably haven't heard in a long time who will also be managing in this league. Who do we got? Well, it's not cereal, but his name is Coco Crisp. Coco Crisp. Alex, I heard, haven't heard that name in a very long time. The last time I heard Coco Crisp was when I was watching an A's game, because that's how I imagine him playing, playing deep center field with that number four on the back of his jersey. And seeing the Afro poof out of his hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's all the time that we have tonight on the show, as we hope you got to get you an up-to-date chance on the latest around Major League Baseball. Until next time, I'm Alex Ortiz. I'm Alex Castle. Thank you for tuning in to A-Squared. We'll catch you guys next time.